0: Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it.
1: Hey, everyone. Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day, and we thank you for tuning in to our podcast, We greatly appreciate the time that you give us, not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. Now, today we've invited a grower from Michigan to be on with us, and he grows corn, soybeans, and even milo. And after following us at A Better Way to Farm for a couple years now, he decided that in his own words in 2019, a dreadfully disappointing year, that he had to reach out and he had to do something different. So, Mike, <clears throat> welcome to the show. Welcome on. I'm super excited to have you here. How's everything going up in Michigan?
0: Thanks, Tyler. Everything's going great. Um, we're harvest is underway here. We got our corn and Milo harvest done. We are still waiting on the weather to cooperate a little bit for the rest of the soybean harvest. It's been a very phenomenal year to say the least.
1: Yeah. Which I tell you what, this has been an interesting year. You know, we work with growers all across the United States and I love getting the, uh, the stuff that guys are just absolutely killing yields. We've got some phenomenal testimonials about guys that are absolutely crushing it, but we also have some growers that we work with that, you know, ended up having too much rain, which you never think that you could have too much rain or some guys that had to go through a drought. The nice thing is the guys that I've talked to so far to this point that have gone through the drought have seen, again, phenomenal results, especially as, you know, as it compares to their neighbors and stuff, which is exciting. So I'm just curious, how long have you been in farming? Kind of what's that background look like for you? Are you first generation or tell us a little bit about
0: that? Yeah. I'm a fourth generation farmer. I farm with my dad and my brother. My dad or my grandpa used to be in dairy and had dairy cows and corn and hay. And then my dad got out of high school. He started up with raising hogs and then he did uh, hogs and started doing farrow to finish all the way up until 2012 when we got out of the raising of, of the hogs. Now we just, we rent the barns out and just strictly do cash crop. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. You know, you say you're fourth generation farmer. So the nice thing is about being a multi-generational farmer is that you could just learn from the guys in the past, right? You learn from dad, you learn from grandpa, and they know how to do things right. So you don't need any help, right? You guys already know, you know, how to raise the best crop, how to do things most efficient, right?
0: Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I you know, that's that's one of the things that you know, I I grew I didn't really grow up on a farm. My grandpa had a farm my parents worked in town, but I was in 4-H and FFA. And so I had row crop as um, an SAE project in FFA and stuff. So I was always out helping my dad and everything. And the one nice thing about my dad is like, you know what, I don't have all the answers. So, you know, if you can learn yourself or if you can ask somebody smarter than me, that's where you need to get your information. But I know we talked to a lot of guys like you, Mike, that kind of, st- I don't want to say stuck in a in a bad sense, but kind of in a position where, you know, they've got to listen to kind of the the patriarch of the group that says, hey, that got by gosh, this is how we've done it for years. And I made it through the 80s doing this. So we're going to make it through, you know, 2019 through this. So that's an interesting dynamic. But you've been with us, like I said, since 2019. And I wanted to ask kind of what was the most exciting thing that that you were kind of interested in learning? What was it that, you know, you you have some history, you've got dad, grandpa, everybody to lean on. What was it that was like, man, I just, I feel like there's a better way.
0: Yeah. Ever since I graduated in 2007 um, and working full-time on the farm, I love driving the combine and I love seeing high-yielding crops. And it's like every year we weren't really seeing an increase in our farm average. We were pretty much at where we've been for a long time. And my dad always said, you know, well, it's the type of soil we have. You know, we don't have Iowa soil or Illinois soil, you know, it's <laughs> Michigan. So in 2019, it was a horrible year for everyone. I think I think many farmers will agree with me on that. Yes. And it, we were very late with planting. We normally start here in Michigan. We'll start planting corn around, normally for us, it's about May five. And mm-hmm. in two thousand nineteen we didn't start planting corn until June 7th. Oh, so wow. we were winded behind on heat units right from the get-go. And then with a the cool year, it made for a very, very late harvest and the yield potential was not there. Yep. So when you go
1: kind of at that point and a little bit before that, up until that point, I kind of you know, had a little fun and kind of joked a little bit about, you know, having all the knowledge just within dad and grandpa, but where did you go like for fertility recs and agronomic advice and stuff? What did that look like kind of before uh, we started working with you?
0: We would normally pull soil samples and send them in through our co-op and have them run the results and stuff. And that's where we went for our griminous programs and stuff that we did our fertility programs. And it was basically they tell you what to do. And that's what we did. And I had always wondered, I'm like, there's gotta be something different because there's other guys that are growing a lot better crops than we are. And I'm like, what's the secret to it?
1: Yep. Yeah. It's not so much about having Iowa soil up in Michigan, but there's some guys in Michigan that were seemed like they were doing better. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So you have 2019 and and you're like, man, I've got to do something. And I kind of alluded to it that you have been following us for a couple years. So kind of tell us a little bit about that, that you've been kind of watching us then 2019 rolled around and you finally said, you know, something happened, whatever, something was going on in your mind. And you said, you know what, I'm reaching out to these guys and kind of, kind of walk us through that whole scenario where, where things were going. And you said, no, we got to do something different.
0: Yeah. Um, in 2019, um, like I said, with late planting and stuff, I followed the Facebook page of a better way to farm for a couple of years prior to that. And, I remember in the spring of 2019, Rod was talking about using a product called Amplify D for seed emergence. And I thought, you know, with uh, being a, a late spring, we need to get this corn up and out of the ground as fast as possible, get it off to the best start we can. So in 2019, we purchased Amplify D and that was, if I remember right, that was the only product we used that year and we really liked it. And I thought, you know, we need to go more and see more about what they're doing and, And the way the farm was running the way our costs and everything were, it's like we definitely need to change something and get better yields because I enjoy farming a lot and I didn't want to see the doors close on it. And we were getting to that point where it was we needed to make things more profitable.
1: Yeah. You know, we talk to a lot of growers that are in that scenario. And and I just got off the phone with the guy yesterday and it it was the same thing. You know, he sits there and he's like, well... (laughs) you know, if we keep doing the same thing for the next two, three, five years, I don't know if our farm is even going to be around for me to pass it on to the next generation. Some of these guys, you know, you mentioned your fourth gen, you know, some of these guys are six or seven gen and, you know, they made it through some of the tough times. And now we're getting to the point where like the guy on the phone said, look, I don't raise 300 bushel corn, you know, the area that I'm in, he's closer to the East coast. And he's like, I was going from, you know, a decent yield for our farm and with, you know, $5, he said he sold some corn for over five bucks, which is fantastic. He said, I went from going from a really nice profit to being excited to then looking at the way the input prices are going this year and being like, well, there goes all my profit. And now I'm to the point where if I do the same thing I did last year, now I'm losing money. You know, just the flip of a switch with, you know, the economy and everything, the way it goes, it's frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you said, with fertilizer price and stuff for this upcoming growing season, it, I can't imagine where we would be at if we got if we never would have started up with you guys because it's really opened our eyes. I think my dad at first was a little skeptical on it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, we're not really out of anything if we try it, so I'm like, we we might as well try it. And yeah, we're very happy with what we're seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you guys are. So I want to jump back real quick do you have an amplified D story? I know that you said, you know, we always talk about how it brings it up in stressful conditions. And I talk about it, the ProAgs, a pretty cool relationship to, you know, we always talk, oh, cold and wet. And that's kind of what you mentioned. I'll talk about some hot and dry there as well. So definitely check out that ProAg. But that was your first dip into some of the Conklin products that we work with and that amplified D product. So wh- what was kind of your overall experience there?
0: Well, with the Amplify-D in 2019, we've seen that that corn emerged out of the ground about two days quicker than the stuff that we did not apply it to. And that fall, we didn't start harvesting corn until it was the end of October. And the stuff that we did not apply Amplify-D to was running anywhere from 36 to 37%. And the stuff with Amplify-D was running anywhere from 29 to 32%. It was a day and night difference.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's one of the things that Amplify D. I tell this story all the time. That's how I got started in this as well. My buddy Preston, we knew each other at the time. He's like, "Dude, you got to check this out. You got to check this out." And it's like, "Oh, this is this isn't anything different than than what the, you know, the guy down the street sells." And there's something different to not only amplify D but all the products, wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh, I would totally agree with that. I would say the products that constant has on how far they're refined I think that's probably on what makes it more available to the plant in my opinion
1: yeah a hundred percent you know the nice thing is then you know you look especially at the liquid fertilizers and you're pulling out all the heavy metals and all the garbage that's in there you're just getting a pure high quality nice clean product a lot of guys I love it when they say well I tried that 20 years ago and it just doesn't work so I'm not interested and you say oh you tried the Conklin products through our system twenty years ago, and they said, "Oh, well, no, but it was it was something like that." And it's like, no, you you don't understand. There's something a little bit different about what we do. It's not a magic show or any trickery or anything like that. But you know, when you take that knowledge from that pro you can really kind of change your fertility program for the better. So now you've tried Amplify. You're getting in the system, and you said, "Hey, you know what?" I'm going to go check out that two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy program. So what was kind of your thought when Rod was sharing like, Mike, you got to go to this two-day Fundamentals of Agronomy. You got to go to this two-day program. Kind of, What was
0: your thoughts there? When I talked to Rod about the Fundamentals of Agronomy, he told me that he really wanted me to go to that. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm game. Let's let's do this. And I, yeah, I want to see other people's results and stories behind it and see what all Conklin has to offer me. And I know they use the same at the pro-ag, but it makes the best sense. It's like trying to take a drink out of a fire hydrant because you can't gather all the information at one time. And I have unfortunately not been able to go back yet, and I would love to go back another time.
1: Awesome. Well, hopefully we can get you back there getting ready to get fired back up. Um, You know, they always run generally from December to like mid-March. Time frame. So yeah, we've got them all across the U.S. And sometimes we'll be, you know, just east of you or just west of you or whatever. So absolutely, just throwing a plug in to check those out. So when you left Pro Ag, and I'll I'll be honest with you, Mike, you come back if you've only been to one, think about drinking out of a fire hydrant. You're probably going to spill a little bit of water, right? So yeah, with the amount of that. yeah, so the amount of knowledge that comes out of there, you probably didn't even catch some of it. You know, you tried to write down and take as many notes as you could, but there's going to be a lot of information there that, you know, I, we have guys tell us all the time, man, you got to go back three, four or five times to try to catch a big chunk of what we're talking about. So you get home and I should ask, did you go just by yourself or did you go with dad or brother or anybody?
0: I went with my brother. Um, so my okay. brother was there to take notes as well. And and yeah, I, I know we did not scratch the surface of what we learned, but when we were listening to all the stuff that they had to offer and stuff, we were basically thinking And comparing what they were saying, like, how could this fit into our operation? And, you know, what can I see the best results from right now going forward, you know, to get me a good start? I think we've learned enough to get us going, but we definitely need to get back again and and go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I agree as well. Like I said, I help out at some of those now. So, you know, by all means, the more people, the the (laughs) merrier, right? So when you go home, you and your brother taking all this information home, what has that done? to the operation. So what was it that you kind of started in? You said, you know what, we tried to amplify. We like it. Went to the ProAg. That was unbelievable. Taking a drink from a fire hydrant. What was the next step? I know, like I said, it's only been two years and here we are, you know, two years later. So I, I think I know what happened, but I want you to put it in your own words.
0: When we came back from the ProAg, one of the things that really stuck up with me through the demonstrations and stuff, and they had a lot of different demonstrations there, as you know, and the one thing that really just blew my mind was when I seen the stalk and the root comparison of with and without wax using wax as um in the root zone, you know, and I'm like, man, that root is just huge compared to the other, and I thought, you know, like they say there that your root is the bigger you have more roots down in the ground, the more nutrients you can pull up into that corn plant or the soybean plant and get it off to a good start, so that was one of the things that really stuck with me and the other stuff that we saw was like uh they did the example of like bullseye and stuff with your spray with the drift and stuff and that was <laughs> that was pretty amazing too. Yeah, I,
1: I we often tell rod story. And so we we at that part of the demos, you know, we always kinda have fun and and we kinda joke around. We do want it to be serious. I honestly think that the Conklin Company has the absolute best adjument package out of anybody. There is no reason if I still doing custom spraying I wouldn't even look at another product. I don't care if people were giving it to you. When you look at products like Bullseye and how good that product is, there's nothing that compares to it. And there's nothing that that high a quality. So lead us into to now, this year. What have you guys done? What are you guys doing for your soil sampling and all that stuff when it comes to your fertility program now and how much it's changed since just two years ago?
0: One thing that we learned was, we always used to do soil, We well, we still do. We always did our soil sampling was done in the spring. And that's kind of the same way that we do it now. Talking to Rod and the guys at Conklin, they say, you know, it, it's better to do it in the fall, but if you're doing it in the spring, be consistent and, and keep doing it in the spring. So that's what we're doing. It, time-wise, it works out better for us in the springtime. You know, normally the fields dry up a little quicker and instead in the fall, it gets to be wet and it's it's just more of a challenge for us doing it in the fall, but getting the soil sampling done and then building a crop a yield goal off from that, and knowing what you need to achieve two hundred or three hundred bushel corn you know or even higher, you don't have to just throw dart to the board, you can send it into Midwest Labs, and they give you a recommendation exactly what you need to reach your yield goal
1: yeah, absolutely that's where we are getting this basically increase in efficiency. Again, whether it's yield or or whether it's decreased cost of production, that's it right there. That's where we're able to fine tune everybody's fertility program. And it's, again, it's not a magic show and it's nothing, you know, it's not a big secret. I don't understand. Well, I I completely understand why local co-ops and some of the other independents aren't doing it this way because it's a little more time consuming, right? You've got to have the growers that you work with educated and explain to them why you're doing what you do. And, you know, that to me is absolutely huge. So what are some of the results? What are the things? What are some of the things that you've been able to accomplish now that you've been into the, the system? And, and I'm going to say you're hundred percent in. Um, I know that your 100% is different than the next guy's 100% because of the ability to fine tune that program. But now that you're all in, what have you been able to see?
0: Well, in last year in 2020, we did, the first time that we've ever done, we had done foliar or or tissue sampling so we could foliar feed. We've never foliar feed anything before up to this point. And the ability to fine tune, like you say, by knowing what that crop needs at certain stages of growth and being able to give that plant what it needs at those right times. We have seen our yields increase. Our, this will be our, our, 2021 was our first year that we were on full board, but and what I mean by that is, I'm sure there's things that we can change yet. But we went to using no dry P and K, and now we are doing liquid. And you know, the whole thing with liquid is, I like Rod. What he used his uh, um, example is, you know, show me a corn plant that has teeth, because you know, how's that plant chew up a granular, you know, of potassium? And it's like, yeah, you know, you you won't find it. Plants drink to get their nourishment. So we went with the liquid program. This past year, I should say 2021, we actually um, tried the Feast XL product on some corn. We did it with a fungicide application and it was a 15 bushel increase from where we ran that versus not running. It's like, it just makes sense, you know, to take those tissue samples and send them in. And it takes more time, you know, like you said, to, than what you are with just going to the co-op and stuff. But it, it's well worth the time to do it. It pays off huge.
1: Yeah, that 15 extra bushels is kind of nice to have in the pocket, isn't it? (laughs) It is. So what would, as we move forward and we kind of wrap this baby up, what would be some of the things that you would tell the other growers, uh, like yourself, you know, the growers that are listening to this that really haven't pulled the trigger yet. They're like, man, I, I don't really know if I should reach out. I kind of feel weird or I don't want to inconvenience anybody by reaching out or whatever. What would you tell the growers that are listening today that they have to do?
0: I would say the biggest thing is reach out to the team at A Better Way to Farm. First of all, I can for one say that it is a day and night difference. You know, with the price of potash going way up, nitrogen soaring and stuff like that, you have to make changes. And sometimes, you know, you can't always do it the way dad and grandpa did it, you know, because dad and grandpa didn't didn't raise 200 bushel corn. You know, grandpa was always happy with 100 bushel corn. Well, today, 100, 150 bushel corn ain't going to pay the bills at the end of the day. And you need to be able to get more cost effective with what you're using. And another thing that we saw this past year is we also use the Guardian L in our nitrogen. And- Last year in 2020, we averaged on the corn, we grew a bushel of corn on 1.3 pounds of N last year. And this year we did that 0.65 pounds of N per bushel. And we've never used the Guardian L up until this year. So it was, that's why I blame it on.
1: Oh my gosh, Mike, that is awesome, dude. Congrats, man. See, I love doing this because you're a part of the team. We don't work directly with each other, but. That's a hundred percent what we do. Yeah. You love the products and you're able to get, you know, 15 bushel from some of the products, but to cut back your nitrogen, you literally almost cut that in half. Right. Or was it more than half? Would you say 1.3 or 1.13? It
0: it was in 2020 and before it was always about 1.3 pounds and per bushel. And I should mention too, that we did, I know you guys aren't, don't have dealers, you know, you don't sell nitrogen and stuff like that. And that's fine. And that's great. But, you know, the placement, we used to run a rolling coulter down the middle of the row. And that's what we did last year. Now, this year, we switched to Y-drop. And I think that, and with the Guardian L in there, you get the placement. We actually put the same, actually, we put, the, on some of our fields, we put the same amount end down that we always did. On some fields, we actually went less. And we got more yield out of it. So, the Guardian L is definitely holding that nitrogen there longer than yeah. without using it.
1: Well, one of the biggest things, and that's what drives me nuts about some of these products that have come out and they say, oh my gosh, we can lower your nitrogen rate, you know, just by using this one product. Well, I'm telling you right now that you can lower your nitrogen rate without using any products at all, but you want to make sure if you're going to really push that envelope that you're using a, a quality product like Guardian and really understand the science behind it, you know. Guardian is just an enzyme blocker. It's not biocidal like some of them out there. And there's a good study that we talk about at that ProAg about the differences between all of the nitrogen stabilizers out on the market. And, and to me, that's absolutely huge. You know, I, uh, anhydrous, man, Rod just said the other day, there's a guy out there that said, so hopefully it's not you, Mike, and I you're not using anhydrous. It's like 1450 bucks a ton right now, which is absolutely insane. So yeah, I would highly, highly recommend to reach out to us. And Mike, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you say it one more time. How important is it for these growers to go check out a pro-ag training?
0: It's very important, Tyler. It's You can't emphasize it enough. If you're not seeing results on your farm and you're not happy with where you're at and how things are going, you need to go to a pro-ag training to learn and see and hear testimonials from other growers. I mean, it's huge just to know what they've done. And a lot of these guys are were in the same boat as what we were. You know, it's like with cost of everything going up and it's going to be even crazier for 2022 than what it was in 2019. You need to go and check it out. It's definitely worth your time and money to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Thank you very much for the time, man. We greatly appreciate the conversation and we look forward to seeing you at one of the next ProAg events. Yes. We- <laughs> We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and that we do absolutely please ask that you please review our content and drop a comment. We also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with your family, friends, or anyone that you may know that would find value in what we do. Now we just opened an online apparel store. So go check it out, get your swag on and show us what you picked up the next time we do see you at one of those pro ProHag events. And we truly hope that you had a better day.